Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Your Data HQ. In our installment of AI and Data Startups, we have Nico Corbin Leita from Reconfigured here with us today. Nico is a data specialist with a passion for making complex data accessible to a wider audience. He is working to bridge the gap between data experts and those who can benefit from it. Even though he likes SQL, he thinks people shouldn't be writing it by hand. So thank you, Nico, for being here with us today. Thank you for inviting me. So how did you get into the data space? It was kind of like an accident. Uh, I ended up joining a startup in a, like a really, really high growth phase and just to do like a lot of shoveling and like, an, and then I realized that if I want to be actually valuable for the company in the longer term, when things get more stable, I need to, I cannot be just like a small cog among others. I need to provide more value and having an analytical mind, uh, strong background in math and I got a bit of Excel skills, so that got me like my first uh, data analyst position. And from there on, like, and because it was a high, uh, fast moving startup, I just like the had to learn like an, on the spot. And then I learned SQL, using APIs with Python, doing data visualization with R and just like an just in time manner, I just learned things. Awesome. So it was an opportunity that presented itself. Great. So what do you think is the state of today's data tech stack? In, in, in general, I think uh, in 2020 something, we are like an, in a really good position. Like, and uh, we have so many great tools uh, that make life in data so much easier. We can, a lot of data professionals can, I feel that can now focus on the actual problem and not needing to focus on the low levels of machines, how they work and optimizing that like a lot of us need to, needed to do last decade. And the cloud shift, uh, like things shifting to cloud, a lot of tools being offered as SaaS has offered us like an, a great set of APIs for us data professionals. Cause like an every single data point is like an extractable via API most of the data manipulation with most of the tools can be done with SQL and you can then easily drop to Python or something else when you need to. But moving data from one place to another is just like a couple of clicks or a couple of configs away. And I think like in general, the current set of tooling has like democratized a lot. Mm. Uh, the data work, data work and data work. There is still a lot to do. Uh, and the industry is moving like and fast, and and as always, we are trying things that later on uh, we realize that aren't such a good ideas. And sadly, there are also uh, snake oil salespersons out there, like and selling the silver bullets for problems, even though well, there aren't any silver bullets. But in general, like and I think the uh, state is like and really good, and the tooling is great. Cool. So you mentioned something about democratization, and I think that's also the need of the R because uh, even with the recent chat GPT sort of hype, it reached almost everybody and they just don't know where to get started. So would you say that this democratization need uh, is what motivated you to start reconfigured? That is one part of it. And the idea, like, and what we are, like, and 
like an in the core solving that idea came from my co-founder my best who's actually my best friend and uh, he got like i'm so annoyed to uh, writing sql having to learn to write sql he's a marketeer originally and he was like and building the uh, commercial data pipelines to make sure that marketing sales customer success has all the data that they need at the right time but he he didn't have a tool that he would have wanted to use so that's why we like and started he he was starting to bounce out the idea that perhaps like and a lot of the stuff could be automated automated or like and made easier that he had to do and uh, myself i'm a strong believer of uh, automation and building technology that augments humans bring them capabilities and superpowers that uh, people didn't have uh, before uh, before and then like and having spent most of my career in data space or like all my career in data space um uh seeing firsthand the uh, gap between like the business people and the data people and this is a huge gap and there is a communication issues and there just aren't enough people uh helping this uh knowledge transfer or translating the um business requirements for data and there is a lot of friction i feel and bridging that cap and like bringing the um, awesome capabilities what you can do with data is it like a machine learning is it just like a uh, right data at the right time to do some actions uh, on for customer success people to get notified about certain things like and this is such a huge opportunity and being able to solve it with technology is something that motivates me deeply like and bringing new capabilities for people and building technology that might feel even like a magical and you don't have to be like a technical expert to be able to uh, utilize the really high advanced technology such as like and chat gpt is a great example of mm -hmm. that kind of tool got it got it uh, so let's say uh, in the future we do democratize the data abilities and also if there's data automatically, ML follows. So what do you envision for such a utopian data and ML ecosystem? I'm a strong believer of like an AI augmentation over AI automation. Like, for example, we've seen like the past 10 years, we've talked about autonomous driving, uh, but it hasn't really reached. But we have been able to augment humans in a lot of, uh, things such as uh, in parking or in highway driving or this kind of things that are like and uh, so I don't believe that we will ever reach to like an hundred percent or like and within our lifetime uh, to in many places like a hundred percent automation but uh, having these uh, kind of like an assistance AI assistance embedded like an everywhere that's that's what I believe in, such as like a chatbot or a GitHub Copilot, like in helping you. It's integrated into your IDE to help you code better, faster. Uh, a lot of already like an, some time ago, uh, Gmail has had like a really good predictive, uh, like a text in, in, input in, in it. I'm I'm a strong believer of that. that this kind of like an AI assistants pop up like an here and there, kind of like an people who remember the Microsoft Clippy in the Word and whatnot that was mm -hmm. a bit annoyed and annoying and ahead of his time. 
I even built one startup that was basically a virtual sales assistant mm-hmm. and and being worked in having worked a lot in the NLP space and following the industry like and over the um uh past like a half a decade of the NLP space and seeing the explosion of uh the large language models and such we are making such a great progress uh great progress and having this like an AI assistance uh, for everyone in every place mm. that's what i see that will happen but the funny thing no matter what even in 2070 or something someone will download a csv edit it by hand and then upload it to make for example revenue reporting to work well that's true i guess it's up to you know each person whether they do want to use an ai personal assistant or not so yeah you can't really control that yeah that's true um, so what are some great data practices in your opinion uh, for ML-based products such as you know not downloading CSVs by hand? Uh, I think like an mm, there has been a, a huge like a cap like a cultural gap between data people, ML people and software engineers um, engineers and we're still like and playing catch up with great software engineering teams I, I, I feel like and they, developers got like an automated testing, continuous integration, learn how to ship in small increments, do a quick prototyping and such. Uh, and well, not everything of those practices can be copied over as they is because developing a machine learning model, uh, testing it, ensuring the quality of it and deploying it requires a little bit different type of things than pure stateless uh, applications and so, such with data because uh, it's not so easy to revert if you make a big data mistake and you have to like and or you lose some data for example that is not recoverable recoverable but uh, and I think there is a great great movement there people talking about data ops ml ops uh, which uh, makes which makes me happy because I've I've worked in the software industry close to uh, DevOps people uh, so that that makes me really happy and. Like and if we took like a couple of like really practical uh, tips, like and make sure that you back up your data, uh, data even though if it's you're working with uh, with like a pandas locally, just like and dump the data somewhere and check that your those checkpoints and data can be restored. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've couple of times lost like a days worth or even weeks worth of work by accidentally deleting data that should have been backed up um become your own chaos engineer like everything that can go wrong will eventually go wrong and just like an embrace it embrace it like and be prepared for it uh code in in a defensive way and actually actually it's sometimes really fun to just poke around and see how things break like a see like an uh like whatever you're co- building is it that data pipelines ml model or like and see what actually happens when you uh throw some random stuff which is a good reminder that the real life data will always 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 surprise you like which is like an important to as soon as possible uh, go out and test with real data uh, try out how how your system works with real world uh, data, real world users, um, 
and because like that's the fastest way of learning of did your uh, model for example uh, perform uh, perform so like the fast iteration cycle that software engineers has have been have had like a long time and 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 related to the um uh, data and losing data and making mistakes. We all make mistakes. Um, if you are building a production system, if it's on data cleaning or an ML enrichment or something like that, uh, if you have the possibility of having an easily to replay data, hmm. that is the best system that you can have because having a mistake and bug in the um, code and then just fixing it and being able to replay the data to fix the uh, fix the setup, like and uh, running it through the, for example, in the previous company we had like a language detection system that detected la language, and if the, if it had like and when we were developing it and it had some fault, being able to just like and rerun the data through the system again uh, easily, like and mm -hmm. saved us so many times, so many times of like and and those are like a couple of good practices I've I've found. Got it. So sort of like borrow, uh, you know, ideas from the software engineering principles or just long-term systems that have worked so far, but adapted to data, such as something as simple as enabling, uh, you know, data versioning in S3 buckets. Or uh, yeah. even though, you know, increments don't work for ML models, because if you change data, like everything changes, you have to redo everything. However, you can mm. make increment, uh, increments on aspects of the ML model or aspects of the data itself. And, uh, you know, finally, just data observability and quality, ensuring that with unit tests and things like that. Right? Yeah. Yes. Cool. That kind of stuff. Like, and it, 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 like, and having, having, having those system, systems in, if you, if you being, if you have the possibility of working in those environments, it just makes you so happy. I'm usually the one who is, who has been enabling those, mm -hmm. <laughs> those environments, which makes me also happy to make yeah other people have a happy environment got it yeah i think it's big time we sort of follow standard procedures like these uh, because data practices uh, are you know all over the place and different at different places and i think you know democratization of it uh, sort of helps us in breaking silos and sort of establishing these 100%. practices yeah that's true so finally, 100%. what advice would you give someone who's just starting out in this field? I think the uh, most important thing is to have uh, like a general curiosity and just like an go and out there, read, talk to people and kind of like a, try to observe, uh, absorb as much of in information as possible. Like and um, try to find um, people, blogs from people who you like reading and like and subscribing to those uh having a good newsletters like and following following what's happening happening in the um in the industry industry most of the stuff that i've learned i've 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 either read from a book or most mostly from someone writing in um in in, in a good blog post about about it about it if you like videos youtube is full of those as well yeah, like um, this podcast yeah, like this podcast. Uh, uh, but it's important to be curious about uh, broader things, uh, not just like on what you, your industry and what you're focusing on, um, well, what is your discipline? Because like, and creativity, creativity is the key in I, I, I think in data, 
independent world. And, 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 and a lot of different industries or disciplines have uh, similar patterns. Uh, patterns and like and being able to recognize that hey these people actually were able to solve this that looks a bit similar than what I did I'm trying to achieve and then like trying different out because like because innovation happens uh, in intersections mm -hmm. or like and when people from different backgrounds get together and like and uh, cultivating that uh, I for example used algorithms that were developed uh, for DNA, uh, DNA sequencing mm -hmm. to analyze um, user journeys oh. and click fast, which is quite funny that you wouldn't think that those two have anything together, but DNA is a sequence. Yeah. Um, user journey yeah. is a sequence. Yeah. And you have a lot of those. So it, it was just like a random idea and it, it, it actually worked. And then being like a creative and you can be clever and creative just i think out you usually can solve uh most of the things quite simple things and embrace like, the paradigm principle like you don't you don't have to be perfect you can just something up see what happen and then i can learn from that from technical perspective absolutely you need to know how to write school even though i believe that sequel will end up being more of a uh, in face today, the one that we should but use tools to generate simple, uh, such like a pre days. Um, but it's still like an important important uh, skill to have, and well, all the data ecosystem uh, can be run with Python, so that's an that's a must. Even though I would love to work more with Julia, I've like an I've used Julia Lang on like on side projects, hobby things, uh, ever since it came out uh, ten years ago. Uh, but if the industry uses Python, you just yeah, it's so much easier to use things tools that uh, everyone else else uses. Yeah, I think it is a matter of support from the community in general. Like using a very niche tool, just. There has to be a stop because beyond a point, you don't have a community to take you further. So I think that's sort of why Python is uh, a must these days because of the community support. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like community is good. Like being active on the community, like and discussing with people, listening what what talk, what are the uh, what are uh, the best things, what are the hype, things. but also important to be careful about things mm -hmm. if you have a really hyped technology there might be something behind so it's important to behind the uh, uh, hype and not just like a copy everything that the big uh, uh, big companies do without like an uh, understanding like why they do it that way and why they choose to do it that's great advice Nico Thank you so much for Thank this you. podcast. Thank you for your time. And thanks to the Thank listeners. you for inviting me here. Of course, my pleasure.